Welcome to episode 202 of In Touch with iOS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I'm your host, Dave Ginsburg, and Jeff Gamet's here. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing awesome, and I'm so happy to get to hang out with you. It's always a blast. Yes, me as well. I'm quite glad you're here, and I'm also glad that uh, Chuck Joyner's come back to the show and joined us. How are you doing, Chuck? I'm doing great, Dave, and I feel really bad that I had to skip out on your 200th show because I was traveling, and there was just no way to make it happen. But uh, I'm delighted to be here now on the other side of 200 and headed toward whatever number we're going to next. Yeah, absolutely. Now We did miss you, but uh, it was a great show. Everybody goes back and listen to that. We also have it highlighted on the, our website as a featured episode, so go check that out. Uh, it was a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, we're just uh, now we're to the next next hundred or so episodes or more, maybe. Who knows? But uh, we uh, got some news this week, all kinds of fun stuff going on. And uh, I did throw I mean, I do throw in a couple tips and uh, things that we'll be talking about as well. So that's what's great about this show. We just talk about all kinds of fun stuff related to Apple. And uh, why not? Because that's what we're here for. Uh, so let's uh, go ahead and uh, start go with the news this week. Uh, first story, Apple shares Star Wars Day behind the Mac film. It was in celebration of uh, Star Wars Day, of course, May the 4th be with you, which was uh, yesterday as we record this. Uh, a behind the Mac film featuring Skywalker sound, sound effects division of Lucasfilm. Uh, and, uh, of course, they did things like Star Wars as well as Indiana Jones. Uh, Skywalker Sound uses 130 Mac Pro racks, 50 iMacs, 50 MacBook Pros, 50 Mac Minis computers running Pro Tools. And yeah, it was pretty awesome. They even had a fleet of iPads, iPhones, and Apple TV devices for production process. So I don't know if you guys got a chance to see this video yet. It was about 13 minutes or so, I think it was. I started watching a little bit of it, and uh, it is pretty cool. Don't you think, Jeff? I, I've seen the little teaser that they did for yeah, it. did that too. And that honestly, yesterday and today have been so crazy that I haven't uh, uh, had a chance to watch it yet. I mean, just to give you an idea how crazy it's been, yeah. I haven't watched yesterday's episode of Moon Knight yet. Oh my god! We got Picard today, though. Did that? That's the this is the season finale, isn't it? Right. Yeah. So now I have Picard, uh, Moon Knight. Yeah. And Strange New Worlds. Strange New Worlds premiered uh, premieres today. Okay, I, mm-hmm. I can't wait. So, uh, but uh, it's cool to see Apple do this. It's uh, some great uh, stuff that uh, they they do with uh, their technology. You know, Chuck, I don't know if you had a chance to see it, but I think it was uh, at least great stuff that is out there to see this. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the Star Wars fan that uh, that yeah, a lot Star of Trek, people are. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, you know, first of all, you put Star Wars on anything, you're guaranteed to know a certain audience. They're just going to go right to it, no matter what it is. It could be Star Wars fudge, and then you would they would go for it. But um, yeah, it, I mean, it is no. There's no question. Uh, that's actually branded as Bantha Poodoo. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. There, there's an audience that right now is going. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> well, since they you know, released it, since they released it uh, yesterday, they've only had four, a little over 4.1 million views. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, listen, it's, it's always fun. I think to look behind the scenes at any of any of the productions yeah. and definitely, you know, anything sci-fi related when it has to do with Max, because, you know, at least in theory, then, we can't afford, none of the three of us even combined can afford all those Macs, but you no. can do a lot with your Mac. So it, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, a cool thing that they do that they Absolutely. give us a peek behind the scenes. 
Absolutely. So check it out. Uh, next story, AirTag firmware up- update enhances unwanted tracking alert. This article actually came out after we talked about uh, this uh, that this released last week because there wasn't really any much de- detail, but I uh, wanted to make sure everybody was aware of this. Uh, they released a new AirTag uh, firmware to all the users, but the details at that point were unknown, uh, but now they say it's t- uh, tuning the unwanted tracking sound to more easily locate an unknown AirTag. And, of course, needs iOS 14.5 and later. Uh, of course, there's been quite a debate, as we all know, with the AirTag and uh, using it for malicious ways of uh, following people. Uh, and, uh, Chuck, what do you think? This, this, you know, we, we have a bit of a debate with this on Mac Voices, but the AirTags, but uh, I think finally I, you're going to at least now be able to hear it even better than you were before. Yeah, you know, I... I Again, I mean, Apple is trying to address the, the, all the criticism and everything. And so every little change is, I think, a good thing. Um, you know, I haven't exactly, well, frankly, I haven't heard the sample yet of, you know, how loud or obnoxious this gets. And part of me says, you know, I, I get torn, you know, because I don't want, if, if I'm with someone who has an AirTag on them and it's not mine, do I really want that howling at me or my phone howling at me or something, you know, saying I'm being tracked on the other hand, you know, it's not a bad thing. No. So, you know, and it, and it certainly addresses some issues. It'll be interesting to see, you know, let's just say in six months to 12 months, you know, if there are any options for me to say, you know what, I'm not concerned about being tracked. I would like the option to turn those warnings off. Um, but you know, for right now, we don't have that. No, I don't. There was a hack. Was was there, Jeff? There was a hack. Someone had hacked the way. I think you had to actually go into the AirTag to do it, or I can't remember. Oh, talking yeah, about that. The, you open up the AirTag and you drill through the magnet. That's right. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because uh, the, just a mod, <laughs> just a mod. Yeah, because the body of the AirTag is is used as a speaker. So there, there's not like a set, a discrete speaker in there. Right. And when that centerpiece vibrates. It's actually generating the sound through the body of the AirTag, which I think is actually really cool. Yeah. So good good to see that they uh, that, that they at least gave us some idea why there was an update. And there was, uh, Apple's good at that sometimes. I'll tell you what a firmware upgrade does. But uh, uh, I'm glad to, glad this is, uh, this is taken care of and you, you'll get a better alert here. So uh, next story here, this is... Uh, AT&T is raising prices on legacy plans to encourage customers to upgrade to new to new plans. AT&T is planning to raise the price of older unlimited plans in order to encourage customers to upgrade to newer plans. And uh, single line users can expect to pay up to $6 a month or more with family plans increasing up to $12. And of course the price increase only applies to those who've been grandfathered in to older AT&T plans. And I bet those, you know, when you say grandfather, those are some really old plans. Um, but you know, come on, AT&T, do you really need to do this? Honestly? I don't know. What do you guys think? I, th- I think it's just, well, well, just, just, just to get people to get on new plans. You know, T-Mobile has been good for me. I'm, I'm on their T-Mobile one plan. They have the magenta max and it's going to be more money. Why am I going to, why would I want to change? I'm on a good plan. What do, you guys, what do you guys think? Well, I think that's, you just brought it up, Dave. You know, the, the I'll put me on a new plan, fine. But is it going to cost me more money? And if it is, what am I getting for? Yeah. And so, you know, it, if, you're, if you're trying to play this game where, you know, you, you have me on a plan, hey, you got me as a customer. 
And, you know, I would think you would want to treat me as a customer. And I, I took a look at this and then I started to look at my own contract and I said, I'm heck with it. I'm not going to bother with it right now. Um, mm. But, you know, if it's just, if it's purely a money squeeze, uh, you know, that bothers me a little bit. If you're, if you're saying that, if you're explaining to me why I need to change to a new plan, um, if you're going to, you know, give me more 5G or, you know, more right. data or something, you know, then that's great. But, you know, if you're just increasing the price to increase the price, I, I mean, is it kind of a wash? You know, if I pay $10 on an old plan or I change to a new plan and I'm paying $10 on the new plan or or more, then, you know, why not just raise the old plan to the new plan and let's not jump through hoops unless you're trying to lock me in on right. a contract. So you're, you're still on the old, old grandfather plan? I, well, I don't, I don't know exactly how far. That's why I say I started to look at mine. Then I've said I'll look I mean, at it later. I remember um, when I had AT and T. Yeah, I held on to that plan as long as I could, but then until I, until I finally left them. Um, so, uh, but the, I think I actually know I did upgrade. I switched plans and, and or, turned out to be a better deal. But it was still only it was late data limited. I think I had like twenty gigs of data. Then it ended up being a family plan, and then here I am with T Mobile. So. Yeah, I and I think I'm the same. I think at some point I did upgrade along the way, but I'm not sure exactly where. Yeah, and you know, honestly, this they push this too hard, and it's going to make make me take a, you know a hard look as making Mint Mobile my my only um, my my only uh, can't say it uh, plan. Yeah, you know, right. because Mint Mint does a really nice job. They do. I've got I've got that as a secondary line. But it wouldn't take much for me to push it over to the main line. Yeah, agree. What do you think, Jeff? I'm well, okay. Anything that uh, that companies do to uh, make their customers feel like they're being screwed is probably a bad thing. Right. And when you're talking about uh, cell service plans and internet plans, those are the places where the companies tend to make us feel the, the worst. Um, that said, I, I wonder how many people are still on the legacy plans. Um, and, and like for me, I ditched the legacy plan years ago. I held on to it, um, I think out of spite, <laughs> until one day I realized I, I can get a plan that actually does everything that I want and more for less than what, what I was being charged for the legacy plan. So why not just go ahead and switch and end up with something that serves me better? So, you know, so I did that years ago. And yeah. when I did it, my initial thought was, I really shouldn't have done that. I mean, I immediately had remorse. Yeah. And, uh, and it turns out it didn't matter. I actually was better off. But that said, I mean, if uh, if the price is going up and the sole purpose of the price is to incentivize you to switch to a different plan, that's kind of a, a, a crappy yeah, way to do that. Why, why not give you a different incentive to switch to a, a, a more modern plan? I mean, like right now, uh, a pretty good incentive from my perspective is if you have a legacy plan, you don't get 5G. That is true. You don't. So there's another, there's another issue. So yeah, you also can't do tethering. 
Yeah, that's your limited. Yeah, it's it's really really down to what it, the plan used to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and to the the article says, you know, that you'll be getting an email from AT and T, but you know they don't know what the email says. So, right. you know, I, let, let's flip it around and be fair here. You know, we we're condemning AT and T because the way this article was written. And we're all making the assumptions based on past perform past past behavior. Right. So you know, you make your bed, you got to lay in it. But I want to see what what the actual you know numbers are. Makes I mean, sense. if if Jeff, if you're talking about that far back with you know not tethering and all, then I definitely don't well, have that. that. But that's what the grandfather plans are. Okay. Well, in that case, then you know. So if I'm, uh, you know, I mean. If if it's serving me, why not just continue to take my money? And that's what most people are doing. But now they're going to spend more. Yeah. And I or think, are they? Is it or David? You know, as as Jeff just said, you know, is it because they're pushing five G and they need to pay for five G and they want everybody on that? Yeah, yeah, that's that could be too. Um, and I did hear also Verizon now that they this was uh, announced uh, that they're thinking about doing it too. With their grandfathered plans because they have them as well. So continued wars with the uh, the carriers. We just love it, right? <laughs> good times. It's good times. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to something a little more fun. Uh, the Camo app, uh, Reincubate, the company that makes Camo that Camo that uh, lets you use your iPhone as a as a as a webcam. They're now going to allow you to use your iPhone as a Mac webcam with FaceTime, Safari, and a QuickTime. Reincubate uh, launched the Camo app back in 2020 to seamlessly upgrade uh, your Mac's uh, webcam that you had already have, but they really never had some really good ways, especially to use it with FaceTime. I'm a lifetime subscriber and absolutely love it. Use it with Zoom. So I'm using it uh, for this uh, uh, podcast right now. So, and uh, it, it's just a, it's just an amazing app, and that they keep adding more and more features to it. But this is such great news, uh, you know, Chuck. You've talked to these guys, and what do you think? I think uh, FaceTime is. I tried tried it briefly, and it it it, it actually works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the camo the camo folks are really great people, and they are continue to add features. Some of them frivolous, some of them really super useful. Yeah. Um, and that, and that's speaking you know, from my perspective. It may not be frivolous to you or Jeff or other users. So there's there's always an audience for any feature you put out there. But I think this is really good news because this just enhances the value of Camo, whether you've already purchased it or whether you're going to purchase it. And you can you almost can stop thinking about, gee, I wonder if Camo will work with this. I know it works with that, but will it work with this? Right now, there's just a whole lot more of that that it work definitely will work with. Yep, absolutely. What do you think, Jeff? Good for them. Good for us. <laughs> Give us more features. Bring yeah. it on. Yeah. No, it's a uh, good news. So check it out. Uh, we got a link to the article and the, to their software as well. And yeah, they got a, they got a good they got good pricing. If you don't want to do lifetime like I did, you can get it monthly if you just want to try it out for a while because uh, you. You may change, but no, been super happy with it. So check her out. Um, the uh, next story here, this is sad news. Apple sends the iPhone, uh, iPad Air 2 and the iPad Mini 2 to the vintage products list. It may be time to retire the Air 2, Apple, the iPad Air 2 and the iPad Mini 2 as both have officially made the vintage products list, which of course considered to be five to seven years after distribution. Uh, from sale, service, and parts will probably sometimes will last longer, but it all depends. And and uh, 
it's another RIP to another gold version of an iPad. What do you think, Jeff? I cannot believe that Apple is is vintaging these products on <laughs> at the same time the AT and T is taking yes. away the legacy plans. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this had the A8X chip. That 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 one's a, quite a while back, but it it it, it was uh, the first iPad at the time to have a Touch ID. So, so it's got yeah. some some history to it. And, and honestly, I thought my iPad Mini two had been vintage for a long time already. <laughs> yeah, twenty thirteen it was out, so it's still nine years. Yeah, it okay. still boots too. Yeah, hey. yeah, yeah, that's the thing about about some of these. You know, I've got a couple quote unquote. In fact, I think I have more than a couple quote unquote vintage products that are doing just fine for what I do with them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if they break, yeah, all right, that means that you know I'm going to do an upgrade uh, and and get something new. But if if I have something like that, you know, I mean, heck, I still have old iPhone. I mean, like iPhone twos and threes that I can use as external mics you know, for yeah. recording. So there, there are a lot of uses for vintage products just because somebody says it's old, you know, and now I, I don't, I'm not going to try to run modern software on it. No. Cause if I do, I'm going to be disappointed, but you know, right. It probably won't even run. You want to run it because yeah. the apps, pro- app support is gone. Yeah. But you know, for if, if what you have is working and will run, man, run it into the ground. Yeah. Why not? Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, next story here, the Apple Watch Series 7 is now available from Apple's refurbished store. Apple, they quietly uh, this week uh, uh, started selling the refurbished models of the Series 7 uh, on its online store. You can now save up to $70 by choosing a refurbished Series 7 compared to the retail price of uh, one at the Apple store. Not all versions are currently available. So uh, price of the 41 millimeter Aluminum with a regular sport band is three thirty nine, and uh, that's down from three ninety nine. Then the forty five millimeters was down to three fifty nine, uh, and models are of course without cellular. So, uh, and you know I've had good luck with the refurbished store, and can't imagine why the, an Apple Watch wouldn't be anything different. I've per- I've purchased Max there before, and uh, I think I've had some iPod Touches and others. Uh, Jeff, have you bought anything in the refurbished store? I have. It's been a little while. Uh, the only way I could tell that the product was refurb, other than knowing that that's how I purchased it, right. was the package that it was in. Right. That was it. I mean, otherwise, it might as well have been a brand new product. Yeah. I mean, by law, they're supposed to, if it was ever opened or tried, then I'm sure that's what most of these are, is the fact that they're, uh, they were they were tried and returned and they couldn't sell them as new. Mm-hmm. So, any thoughts, Chuck? Just the most interesting thing about this, I think, is that it took this long for Apple to get enough refurbished products to yeah. make it worth their while to put it in the uh, in in the refurb store. So I, I think that maybe I'm just looking for good news, but it seems like that that speaks to a high degree of of uh, happiness with the, the the Apple Watch reliability and happiness because people didn't return them or didn't yeah. turn them in to get repaired. Yeah, absolutely. Alternately, so, Apple didn't sell very many. Uh, could be that too. I, I, I'm totally just throwing that out there just to mess with you, Chuck. I have absolutely no information that tells me that Apple Watch Series 7 was not selling. And uh, and as far as I can tell, it actually sells really well. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. But that's, that's a fair counterpoint, Jeff. 
you know, I don't agree with it, but it's a fair counterpoint. Yeah, I don't agree with it either, but it's not going to stop me from, you know, stirring up trouble. Just messing hey, with me. We got like cause trouble. And uh, last story here, Apple lowers trade-in values for Macs, iPads, and Apple Watches. Uh, Apple has uh, lowered the estimated trade-in values for select devices in the United States. Um, the uh, They reduced the values of numbers, the various numbers. Uh, so at least it was only the, uh, the max and some iPads, uh, I mean, the iPad pro it's up to six fifty five. That's not bad. Uh, the air, which was two ninety, and the iPad, uh, the regular, the straight iPad one ninety. So that's still a pretty fair return on a, on a trade in the Apple watch. Yeah. Uh, doesn't fare so well, but the six at one fifty, and if you trade in the series three, it's 50 bucks. Um, but I, I went and looked at uh, the iPhones. The iPhones are pretty much are staying pretty solid, and, and that kind of makes sense, being that uh, the iPhone is a big seller. So, what do you think, Jeff? I, I think the lower prices are a side effect of Apple's increasing costs because of chip shortages. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, I've never been that impressed with uh, with the trade in values. Uh, I I went to trade in an iPad Pro to get new iPad Pro at one point. And they told me what they they would give me for it, and I actually laughed out loud right in front of the <laughs> of the Apple. I can hear your laugh. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and when I finally stopped laughing, I said no, and I put the iPad back in my bag, bought the new one, and then gave away my uh, my old iPad instead oh. of selling it. And you felt better. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and and I can verify that that older iPad Pro is getting a lot of use. So I, I made the right decision. Good. Including the laughing. <laughs> Any thoughts, Chuck? Um, you know, this, I don't think this should be a surprise to anybody, especially no. on the, on the Mac side, um, you know, and, and well, for that matter on the iPad side too, because the pricing of the new stuff is so good. And the power that of these new machines is so good that I think they're, they're they're forcing upgrade, forcing people or encouraging people to upgrade. Maybe it's a better way to say it. And so, you know, the law the law of supply and demand says if there's a bigger supply, there's going to be, you know, it's going to be worth less. And I have to wonder if that's part of this. And I, Jeff, you know, it's funny you say that though because I've gone both ways. I've sold my iPads um, to through third party, well, Macs and iPads through third party services. Sometimes you get significantly more sometimes not as not so much sometimes the apple price is better and there's definitely a convenience factor with with trading in it oh definitely no question so you know that's i i just think you know that i I think we're going to see this trend continue as as the m1s or the m series continues to roll out and you've got this this incredible power boost for you know the price that it's going to be people are saying you know what it's time for me to upgrade my MacBook, my iMac, my, you know, whatever it is that I'm using um, to, to the new stuff. And that's going to put more stuff in the, uh, in the refurb, excuse me, the, the trade-in market. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, if anything we can be happy with is, you know, the Apple's uh, products keep their value pretty well. You know, I was, I was happy when I traded in my 2019 MacBook Pro and got my M1 one year and got, you know, the, it didn't sting as much when I bought it. Let's put it that way. So, what, what did you get for your 2019? They gave me um, $1,100. Oh, okay. So not too bad. 
So it was. Uh, one, one other point on this, you know, this is should be really good news for those folks who have legacy software that they're not ready to make the jump over to the M1s right. um, or the M series. Excuse me, I shouldn't do that. The M series, you know, this means the Intel Max are, are you know, you can start stacking them up if you really have a mission critical situation. Absolutely. Um, so mm-hmm. you know, now you can do that at a at a lower cost. Yep, there's there. I I always pay attention to what uh, what they're selling selling them for, and they uh, they're uh, they're selling them for uh, good prices still. So uh, grab your grab your old stuff there. All right, let's uh, move on to topics this week. As we always talk about beta iOS fifteen dot five beta four was released this week, and uh, again, not much else other than th- we're thinking it's you know we're about a month away from WWDC here, and we're kind of kind of anticipate this is going to be released soon once we find out about iOS sixteen. Uh, there's some minor updates between most of the point releases. Uh, really, no crazy stuff. Um, uh, Including like some minor changes to Apple Pay Cash, uh, requesting send options, that kind of thing. Um, surprisingly, if, if, if Jeff was here last week, uh, we talked about uh, that that crazy thing about the uh, sensitivity uh, list. I, I have not seen anything else uh, that's brought it up except that one article we talked about last week. Uh, I don't right. know if you've yeah, seen anything. I haven't Jeff? seen anything else about it either. Yeah. So it, it, uh, if you don't know this, uh, Chuck, this was. Uh, uh, the beta found that they were blo- they were uh, they created blocks of sensitivity locations uh, for memories in the Photos app, and specifically it was it was focused on Holocaust uh, re- related topics in your photos. Um, so we just found it to be bizarre. That this is that's why I'm saying it's beta, so you don't even know if this is ever going to be a thing. I mean, Apple's been pretty hush hush about that particular topic. So mm-hmm. well, that's what betas are for, you know, to throw things right. out, try it. And especially the way that Apple has been doing betas recently, yeah. you know, they can they can throw things out and there's a larger population of quote unquote real users who are going to, you know, notice or take issue with that kind of thing. And so, you know, if you if they like it, great. And if they don't, then Apple probably will abandon it. Yep. And uh uh watch OS eight six is out. No no changes we know of, and then TV OS fifteen dot five was also released and no changes there as well. So that is beta for this week. And uh, we don't like, we always say don't put beta on a production device, please. Right. Don't be warned. <laughs> don't be warned. Well, don't That's be warned for a lot of us. reasons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well said, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well said. Yeah, I mean that, that's like saying, don't be Jeff. Yeah. Totally no. applies. No, if you totally have to be applies. so, if, if, if you can be Jeff, be Jeff, just don't be warned. Yeah, I tell you what, you're going to save a lot of money on pants. <laughs> save a lot of money on Windows PCs, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joe Orrin, we love you. Uh, but uh, let's uh, go ahead and move on to the, uh, the next uh, topic here. I found this to be a little interesting. This uh, this site, uh, Patently Apple, was always interesting to see what uh, they, they cover a lot of the patents that they find that Apple files. Um, and this week, they... they uh, published something related to winning a patent to a next gen hinged keyboard iPad accessory with multiple modes that could possibly double as a hybrid device. Um, and so they, they went in and the, the patent office shows, they show all the figures and they show all this other stuff. But then interestingly enough, one of the figures in their figure two, a it's in this article shows windows that look suspiciously familiar to Mac OS. So 
you, you kind of have to wonder, is this something that Apple's considering, you know, because we've been debating this for a while, whether or not they would ever put Mac OS on an iPad. Um, you look through some of the stuff and of course, you know, it's, it's patent information. So you're always seeing the, the details of the dimensions and you know, what type of keyboards it is and how it's going to be modulized and all that stuff. Uh, Jeff, what do you think? Uh, this is, I found this interesting. It's okay. Silly. So first off, you have no idea the amount of self-restraint that it's taking to not roll my eyes so far that my retinas detach. <laughs> oh my God. No, Apple is not uh, telegraphing that they're making an iPad that runs Mac OS uh, by, uh, you know, telegraphing through this patent. No, no, no. Um, okay. So what you do when you make a patent like this, like so many other patents is you have key things that you want to take control over. Sometimes you do that so that your competitors can't do it. Sometimes you do it because you have key elements that you're going to use in different ways and you present them in this other way. And it obfuscates what you're actually going to do with them. And, uh, and let's say that, that uh, what this patent covers is a magnetically attaching smart keyboard for an iPad. Okay. Giving us a diagram that shows that iPad screen with, uh, with multiple windows on it, that does not saying that Apple's going to run Mac OS on an iPad. It means that they drew a tablet-shaped device with little windows on it. That's all that means. So here's my take. Nope, 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 <laughs> nope, no. Apple is not making a hybrid Mac iPad thing. Um, but the concept of a magnetically attaching hingeable keyboard, smart keyboard for an iPad, I think that's really compelling because yeah. now you have a way to have a lighter weight, uh, a thinner profile iPad with a full-size keyboard. Or, or like a laptop size keyboard. Yeah. What do you think, Chuck? Well, I disagree with Jeff. No, I don't. No. I well, don't. I mean that's okay, Chuck. I mean, you're wrong, <laughs> but you can disagree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no. I I can't add much to, to much to what Jeff says, other than yeah, just to say that you know Apple patents a whole lot of things. They do. You know. Mm -hmm. and and once in a while, you know, in the middle of the night, I get really paranoid and wonder if there's not a department at Apple that just sends false flags up all over the place just to just to drive everybody crazy. So, you know, I can't I, I can't get excited over this until somebody shows me um, a lot more of a prototype. Well, Chuck, what, what they, they they could be doing both. I mean, the, the amount of money it takes for Apple to file a patent, because remember, you have patent attorneys involved in this. Yeah. And that's some serious cash right there. So let's say you have one element that you want to, to protect with a patent. And you don't want people to get what it is. Okay, wrap it in all this other stuff. And you've got the one thing. And, and now you're good to go. Uh, and of course, uh, as Brian Chaffin likes to say, uh, people love to build a tapestry or weave a tapestry from a single thread. Mm -hmm. And I think that's exactly what's happening here. There's a lot of people that are either afraid of or want that iPad Mac hybrid. And, uh, and they look at this and like, uh, crap or, oh, yay, that's what Apple's about to do. And now I don't think that's what they're about to do at all. 
Yeah, and it, this was kind of clickbaity. I, 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 I knew that going in. I wanted to just get, get a You, you just wanted to watch me uh, get no, on the soapbox. And... I, I, I know it would be it would be interesting discussion here because uh, I just find it interesting. And then there was two articles I put in here. One is actually from Pat and the Apple, and the other one that was total clickbait because it says Apple brings Mac OS to an iPad. And so of course that's going to get people to hmm, what is this? Uh, oh, at sure. least at least the patently apple uh so i did that one it was um, the uh channel news I, I i have a link in the show notes for that yeah i'm looking at it right now channel yeah. news right 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 at, the, right at the headline there so uh, oh i'm trying to not make my eyeballs <laughs> do it yeah. oh my god control your eyeballs Jeff. so but <laughs> I, I i find patently, patently apple is is interesting just to kind of see because they are they do bring in the documentation of what Apple actually did file. This is legitimate stuff here. Yes. Patently Apple is really good at finding the patents and explaining what's in the patents. Um, sometimes they, uh, uh, their speculation I think is, is off. I'm mean, concerned speculating. This right. could be a hybrid uh, iPad Mac thing as well. And uh, I, I can get why from the pictures. Sure. You, you you can imply that, but um, yeah, I think that's great for be them a, for finding the patent. But no, that's not what's happening. I think it could be a cool keyboard that Apple's come up with. Oh, know, I think it could be a really cool keyboard because yeah, magic the magic the magic keyboard which I have now, you know, it has its flaws to it. I mean, it magnetically attaches, but it scares me sometimes that things going to fall off or come off, and or this mm-hmm. seems you know, you know, it's almost like a bridge keyboard. I mean, they're obviously patenting it for their their design uh, for Apple's sake, but. Uh, no, I think this is a this this could be something interesting. But you know, I I I bring this up every time that this discussion happens. If you want a, a Mac with a keyboard, then go buy an Air because they're so bloody thin that you know you can't believe it. If you really mm-hmm. want a, an iPad with um, a keyboard, then go buy one of the multiple keyboards, including the one David you were talking about, the Magic Keyboard, right. and it's a pretty good keyboard. And if you really if you really hate that magic keyboard, then go find, you know, a Bluetooth keyboard that you like and just carry it with you. And it may not mm-hmm. be quite as convenient, but you know, you will have that wonderful That's... keyboard that you like. Right. I, I don't understand this obsession with wanting the Mac OS on an iPad. I, I just I, I just am missing it. I I don't know. I don't see the benefit it's, to it. It just seems like a lot of people like to be able to have they don't want want to travel. I, I think, in a lot, honestly, I think a lot of executives like to travel with iPads because there's executives out there who don't want to bring a laptop with them. They just mm-hmm. want a simple device like an iPad and they really like it. And then granted, they're, they're probably doing mostly what the iPad's intended for is touching and going to the apps that way. But when they need to be able to type something and they want, they're sitting on an airplane, they want to have something small and lightweight and be able to, to type on it. Uh, you know, they, uh, they tend to, to like the keyboard so then they can start, you know, typing up letters, whatever. Cause you know, typing on that touch keyboard can be, you know, a little bit of a challenge. Uh, but I, I think, uh, I think executives in, in companies are probably liking that and others who, who prefer to have a keyboard with them when they're, when they travel and not have to, you know, con- to them logging a laptop with them. I, I still didn't understand how you can consider carrying an iPad air with all its, Current power of an M1 chip lugging, but again, well, I'm, I'm t- are you talking about the Mac, a MacBook Air? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Mac. I'm sorry. Yeah, I should should have clarified that. Yeah, yeah. A MacBook Air. 
I mean, yeah, that's, no, it's not, that's not a lugging. Yeah, that's not a lugging computer. Some some people that's, that's not lugging. No, no. But, but no, I I get it. Uh, there are people that know what they want, and it isn't a thing that they can get, and so they're frustrated because they can't get it. And there are people that can get what they want, but they want it to be more than what it is or thinner or lighter or whatever. So it doesn't matter what they get. It will be lugging because it, you know, it's, they shouldn't have let Johnny retire. You know, (laughs) things aren't getting thin enough anymore. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other story (laughs) with the, with the book that's come out about, about Johnny Ive. But, um, so, uh, yeah, check it out. I thought, I thought it was interesting. Um, and uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next topic here. Uh, Apple did uh, a, a couple weeks ago, this was covered that uh, um, they were going to delist app store apps that hadn't been updated recently. We've got a couple articles in here, but I wanted to get your guys' take on this. Um, um, they, they, they plan to imminently remove games and apps in the app store that have not been recently updated if developers don't submit an update for approval within 30 days. Um, that was those are apps that are like, I believe over a year old, um, you know, but some, some app developers tend to like to, they, the app works. There's no reason to change it type of deal is kind of not fair. So that, you know, the, the first, uh, headline was this, and then everybody was freaking out about it. But then, uh, then Apple did share some clarif- clarifications after the fact that, uh, uh, it's, uh, extending the response window, uh, the abandoned apps as far as the effort and giving criteria and relates to this, uh, uh, if it hadn't been updated the last three years, I think that's a pretty fair fresh threshold at this point. Cause if there are apps that are probably in there, that are five and six and seven years sometimes, and they, they've let it go. Um, and I guess they, they did also add a, a, a longer appeal time. Uh, Jeff, what do you think as far as apps go? I mean, I kind of agree with this cause there's a lot of garbage in the app store, honestly. I mean, as far as apps that have been along for a long time, don't really do what they are, are worth what they were doing. And there's a lot of apps that were Sherlock too, you know, live mm-hmm. text is a good example. Apple came out with live text and there were a lot of live, live scan type apps that you no, know, pretty much were Sherlock because, uh, you know, why would you want to use that app when you got it built into the OS now? Yeah. I I'm kind of torn on this on one hand. Um, uh, let's clear out the, the old junk, the, the garbage apps. Uh, on the other hand, there's content on the app store that didn't need to have an update. It right. does exactly what it's supposed to do, and it still does it well. And uh, and why should that require to have an update when it's functioning exactly as it needs to and and is still compatible with uh, with current iPhones? Um, now, the the one place that I I just I didn't get around to checking was um, was sticker packs because I I had heard that sticker packs didn't get updated they fall in, under that category yeah. as well why why it's a sticker pack a stick a sticker pack doesn't need to be removed from the app store because it hasn't been updated in three years it's a sticker pack yeah. And the other thing too that Apple's doing is um, is the, you know three years is a mi- and then have a minimum download threshold. They, that's the other thing that they added uh, that that actually Apple gave the criteria. Uh, if it hadn't been downloaded at all or extremely few times in a twelve month rolling pe- period, 
the, the developer will get a, an email notifying that their app has been identified for possible removal of this. Chuck, Chuck what, are your, what are your thoughts on this, this apps, with apps and this stuff? Um, I'm, I'm kind of like Jeff. I, when I first saw this, I thought, this is great. Because, you know, it does, it clears out a lot of the cruft. It, it makes your, the current apps more discoverable. Um, you know, Jeff's point about sticker packs is, is completely legitimate. But I also, you know, we love to, we love to do um, a comparison of the app store to a physical store. And, you know, a physical store is not going to keep something around that isn't selling. You know, they're going to, they're going to move it out in favor of something, you know, that is selling or in this case being downloaded. And so when I saw the, the, the minimum download thing, and I, I did not, if it was published, I did not see a number. I don't think a number was, was published. But if it's just sitting there kind of taking up space and taking up search, you know, results and everything, um, you know, I don't have a problem with it, you know, being removed. And I, I don't know exactly what the process is, so I'm a little talking a little through my hat here. But if a developer had something that was removed, and then wanted to resubmit it. Um, I think I I don't don't believe there would be any prohibition on that. Well, and since Apple's going to give them uh, a notification ahead of time, that developer can probably work with Apple to uh, to do whatever it is that's appropriate to keep their app on the App Store, so it doesn't have to get removed before it comes back. Right. So. I just, I mean, I'm all for this because we've we've often griped about discoverability or searching for something and you find things that are just so far out of date or don't function with current uh, iPhones or iPads, um, you know, and so this, this is, I, I don't see how this cannot help that situation. I just thought of something. What about people that are using uh, older iPads, older iPhones, uh, uh, iPod touches where uh, like maybe they can't go above system nine, whatever system right. 11 is the other cutoff, I think. And, um, and they're, they're still perfectly usable devices. If you take away those apps from the app store, are they still going to be available for download for people that had already downloaded them? Or are they just gone? And I hope the answer is, they're still available to download for the people that had already downloaded those apps. I would hope you can go iOS nine, iOS 10, iOS 11, iOS 12. I mean, there's some devices out there still running, you know, those versions of OSs and you hope that that app is still there, but then also the develop, a lot of developers these days are, are going back and saying, Hey, you know, this is, we're done. We're not, we're not going to have this app available for anything newer, uh, older than iOS 13, let's say, or iOS 14. Um, right. But the old version is still available. It is. For okay. the people that downloaded it already. Okay. So, oh, wait, right. If they'd heard, had already have downloaded it, yes. But as people should know, if having a device that old, you have to expect that the app store is going to be more limited to what, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what there's uh, available out there. So. Yeah, I'm sure if we went back and, you know, looked in the podcast archives of a lot of of podcasts, you know, that there are apps that were highly recommended and dearly loved that are now, you know, showing their age, to say the least, or have disappeared. I know I I, I can't think of them because I just know they were gone. And it's like, okay, well, it's gone. I have to move on. 
Mm-hmm. But I, I know I've lost apps that way. And, you know, it, and it wasn't necessarily because of Apple deleting them. It was just because the developer abandoned them. They would no longer function yep. um, or something better came along. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So um, it is what it is. You know, if the app is, is going to be removed, it, it, it is, it, that's what happens. I mean, the developer has to, I mean, if anything, maybe the developer make a minor change to it and then, then they get off that flag and then see that it's been updated. Um, New app icon. I mean, yeah, there, there you, you go. go. Simple thing like that, and just make a minor change. Uh, you know, to, to to maybe that will help if it's an app that that developer truly cares about. Now, obviously, if it's an app that's free, you might kind of wonder. That's maybe why they 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 tinkered, they got it published, and they decided to move on to something else. And you know, most developers are smart enough; they just just stop you know stop publishing it and then just and, and do something else. But some developers, and they, they do tend to leave things, you know, lag for a long period of time in the app store. So, um, I'd love for somebody, <clears throat> pardon me, I'd love for somebody to give me an example of an app that they need to run on an older iPhone or iPad mm-hmm. that doesn't have an alternative that is at least as, as good, if not better, currently. Uh, that I, I can give you an example, but I can't okay. give you a specific product. Okay. Um, uh, there are accessories that people have bought for their iPhones and iPod touches and iPads that, uh, that the devices uh, have been updated or, or are just simply not for sale anymore and they need a specific app. And, uh, and so you have an older device so that you can use that specific uh, accessory with it. And in that case, you need to have you, you need to have the whole package. You need your older version of iOS. You need your older device. You need the older accessory, and you need the older app. Yeah, but that feels like a really specialized case, Jeff. Of course, it's a very specialized case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how many of those? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I shouldn't. I shouldn't dismiss it. I, quite I, out of I hand, don't but. know, but I mean, like, I know I have devices. Uh, in my hobbit closet at the back of my office that if I were to still want to use them, the only device I have that I could use them with would be my iPod touch because that device is stuck at iOS 9.4.3 or something like that. And, uh, and so that would be the only device I have that could, that would have compatibility with the, the older accessories. Yeah. Well, Jeff, I got good news for you. Just go back to the refurb store or the trade-in store and you can get some real deals on, on that old stuff. And there you go. Sweet. Or, or maybe eBay for that matter. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's go ahead and move on and talk about Jeff's rant this week. And uh, it caught my eye, Jeff, more so because it, it, in all seriousness, I think it's you know kind of stinks that, that this is not working right. But for you, you were having trouble with... Uh, sidecar on mac os using it with your ipad and of course we talked we've already talked about that numerous times here previous shows uh, as, as well as uh, universal control um so what's been going on why, why do you think sidecar is giving you such problems i mean you obviously aren't running beta so it, it's it's the production de- production version of monterey and uh and, right. and your ipad so what's what 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 really causes all the problems here with sidecar it's i i'm not sure where the problem's coming in i, I all i can assume is that 
something has happened with the most recent updates for Mac OS and iPad OS that that is making Sidecar incredibly unstable because I've been using Sidecar uh, a lot without any problems for a really long time. And, uh, and, and while you could say, well, geez, why not just use universal control? Um, well, sometimes what you need is to span your display on your Mac across something bigger. So uh, like in my case, uh, I sometimes will take my laptop and go and work in other locations where I need more screen space than my MacBook Pro has. So I bring an iPad along and then I span my desktop with Sidecar over to the iPad. Now I have that extra screen real estate. And what I noticed last night when I was trying to do this which is the first time I've done it since I installed the most recent updates. Uh, it'll work for a minute or two, a couple of minutes, and then uh, and then everything freezes. My Mac uh, stops responding, my iPad stops responding, and eventually my Mac will start to respond, and then sidecar crashes on the iPad, and and it's consistent, like 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 super consistent. Okay. Jeff, are you are, are you uh, hardwired connected or Bluetooth connected? Uh, wireless connected. Okay. Have you tried it hardwired? I didn't have a cable with me, so no. And I was okay. so pissed off at that point that um, no. Okay. But just, uh, I mean, yeah, just, I can I can try it and see if it's a if it's a uh, uh, wireless specific issue. Uh, but you know, I mean, if that's the case, come on, seriously. This has been working perfectly for uh, what two operating systems now, and now it suddenly stops working. Yeah, very I just, frustrating. I, I just wondered because it it feels like from what you just described, because I've had not some not situations with uh, with sidecar, but just similar situations where the Mac will just freeze up for some reason, or it feels like it's freezed up, frozen, whatever, um, and. It's you know it's still doing something behind the scenes, and if you just keep your hands off of it long enough, it'll catch up and and keep on going. But we well, all get really impatient. Yeah, and and in my case, uh, with patience, uh, granted, very limited patience in the moment. Uh, when sidecar crashes, then my Mac starts responding again and catches up. Yeah, but you're not having any trouble with universal control at all, then, are you? Right. Universal control is working just fine. It's just sidecar. Interesting. Because sidecar has been out for a while versus... You know, right. Universal control is kind, quote-unquote kind of beta still. It really isn't, but... Yeah, well, I uh, I think that universal control, which is still kind of beta, uh, drug sidecar back into the beta world because I, I think they're they're pretty tightly intertwined. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, all right. Anything else? We'll go on and move on and uh, uh, go through some uh, tips this week. Um, the uh, the Apple Music uh, timer. I don't know if anybody was familiar with this. Uh, you, you can uh, find what's called the hidden uh, Apple Music sleep timer on the iPad and on the iPhone. And I didn't know this, but I also use this for when I'm listening to uh, using like a radio app of such as well. But uh, uh, what you can do is that you go in and you actually open up Apple Music on your iPhone and iPad, play something, and then you can 
you know, start, you can go play it. Then you go into the clock app, then you go under the timer tab. Uh, and then that's in the, on the bottom right corner, you choose uh, when timer ends. And in that timer, it does give you the option where it says stop playing. Because bef- by default, it's set to, you know, when the timer ends, then it'll it'll play like a, an alarm or whatever you want. And you go th- you scroll through some of, the, uh, some of the items there. But the very bottom there, it says stop playing. This is great for especially if you're you want to listen to some music while when you're in bed and you want to sleep, and it'll actually stop the timer, which uh, I, and stop it from playing, so it doesn't play on play for you all night long, uh, and uh, wake you up. So I thought this was kind of a cool tip. You guys ever use this? Yes, I actually this is something that I've used uh, like when I've been traveling. And I'm in a hotel yeah. Yeah, you go. and I want to have just some kind of ambient noise playing, but not all night long. Right. right. And so I'll set my iPhone to play whatever, and then use this to uh, make it turn off automatically. Cool thing is it works yeah, with I, type of music too. Go ahead. Rick. Yeah. Well, no, I just was a little surprised when I saw this as a tip because if, if I mean, yeah, I'm with Jeff, I've used this plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I would expect to happen. If I set a timer, you know, I would want it to, I would expect it to turn off the music. So yeah, it, it while this seems straightforward to us, Chuck, there's yeah. a lot of people that wouldn't think to go to the timer to look and see if you can right. tell it, stop playing music. Cause by default, it's going to play an alarm, you know, like the radar sound, which everybody knows. Yeah. Uh, people don't, don't realize that you actually can go in and, uh, and, and set it to this and to have mm. it just stop playing. Now, didn't Apple add uh, the ability to uh, to have music stop playing after a certain amount of time on HomePod? I thought so. I don't don't I'm not super sure um, where where that is. Um, uh, that setting yeah. is. I, I, I actually I think it's just you tell it how long to play. Oh, in oh, oh using the uh, Siri to in the HomePod. Yeah, setting? and <clears throat> excuse me, and that would be a great use for the uh, the ambient sounds. That uh, that you can play through HomePod, you know, tell it tell it play to play. Um, um, I, I forget what they're called. Like uh, play ambient r- rain storm yeah, for two like hours that. or something like that. Apple Absolutely. should make it easier to know that you can do stuff like tell your HomePod to play uh, ambient noise. Because they have several that you can choose yeah, from. Yeah, you, they really should. They really should. So, um, other tip I had here was uh, uh, with stream recordings. Um, you know, by holding down the the the, the screen recording button in the control center, uh, you, it brings up a menu and will give you the options as being as as, as being able to stream uh, on different services. So. You can do a screen recording by going in, tapping and holding uh, the the control center uh, screen recording button, and then you can and then it gives you a menu here. So now I'm looking through my list here. It'll work with services like Discord and Gmail, uh, Messenger, Microsoft oh. Teams. Oh, bite my tongue. TikTok, uh, t- TikTok, right and Twitch, as well as uh, Zoom. You, it actually will rec- do a screen recording and stream. Uh, right to those services. So you can, especially TikTok, if you wanted to record something on your screen right off the bat, you can actually, you know, record it right to TikTok. And and you can turn the microphone on there turn, too. Turn the microphone on as well. Yeah. Okay. For, for as long as I've been using these devices, how did I not know I could do that? 
That's why you go. That's why you're on the show, Jeff, because we right. learn these things. <laughs> right. So uh, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know this one either. Yeah. Super cool. Um, the other one I'm thinking you guys know, I'm sure is sharing your Wi-Fi password and you can share your Wi-Fi password with other iPhone users. Now I have to stress you also, they also have to be, as long as they're in their contacts and both devices have Bluetooth enabled, you can have the other person go to the settings, Wi-Fi, and then a pop-up should appear on their screen asking to, to connect and then tap share password at that point. I get people ask me this all the time where they, they say, Oh yeah, how do you share your password? Cause I know you can do that. And, like, okay, well, this is how you do it. You, you, you have to, first off, you have to be in your context list. So um, if you're not, then uh, that it's not going to work because uh, they have to see that. Um, uh, but other than that, this is a great, this is a great way to be able to share your, uh, um, share your Wi-Fi password. I'm, I'm assuming you guys have used that before. Uh, a yeah. lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, since it will share with your own devices as well, this this has been really handy for me when I've been places like a hotel or a coffee shop or whatever. And I've gone to the trouble to say, like put my iPhone on the Wi-Fi network. Yep. And now I need to add my iPad or my Mac. Uh, it just automatically sends the password over. And uh, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a, definitely a, a good thing to know about. Um, this tip's interesting. I, I thought... You, you might got a kick out of this. You know, you're on the phone and you want to hang up with the person and they just, you don't want them to know that you just disconnected. You, you, you hung up on them. Cause obviously when you're on the phone, you know, people are, you can tell when someone hangs up, it goes, duh, 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 you know, they've hung up. Right. Uh, this is kind of a interesting trick. What you could do is you're on the phone, you talk to the person, you can you know, go into, go into settings, go into airplane mode, turn airplane, airplane mode on. And it makes it, it makes it to the fact that they think that, oh, you got disconnected. We lost our connection. Uh, and just by turning on air, airplane mode. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. That's awesome. I, I thought that was a, that was a good, a good tip to, 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 to be able to do that. So, um, and, uh, the other one I had here was, uh, uh, hiding, uh, uh, hiding your apps and you want to hide the, the page here. Everybody's known this, but it's a good refresher. You know, when you go to your, when you go on a home page here and you got the, the, the four or five dots at the bottom there, however many pages you have here, you tap and hold it, it wiggles and then brings up the, the, the list of all the pages of, of all the apps that you have that you want to see all the time. All you have to do is you, you go in and uncheck, um, the, uh, the page and then that page will be hidden. Uh, which is great. I think it was one of the one of the cooler features that they added. Uh, I think this was added in maybe iOS 13, if I remember correctly. Um, and uh, I, I like this feature. I think it's a it's a it's a great way to uh, uh, to to do that kind of stuff. So, um, and uh, with that, do you guys have anything else? Do you think of anything uh, that you've that you've used within uh, recently with the with your iPhone that? Uh, Next thing, if you could think of anything, um, put you on a spot there. Uh, the flashlight. Okay. I'm not just using the flashlight, but uh, changing the brightness of the flashlight. Yes. Yeah. And and how do you do that? So, all right. So if you tap and hold on the flashlight uh, uh, button, you get uh, a pop-up slider. And so you can make your flashlight brighter or dimmer. And I think it works from the from the 
lock screen. I believe it does. Oh, I maybe not. Know. Okay, so but in uh control in control center, right? Control center for sure. It definitely works there. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, it does not lo- work from the uh, the lock screen. It's just on or off. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well. Yeah, but the um, I do use the uh, brightness control for the flashlight on a fairly regular basis. Yeah, that 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 was a very good tip. Thank you, Jeff. An, an yeah. added bonus. Yeah, I can't. I'm afraid I can't offer one. I can tell you though that, that with airplane mode, two things. Um, first of all, I don't need it to use to hang up on anybody. I use AT and T. But. But no, seriously, airplane mode is is super useful. Um, I, I've I've used it to make sure that if I'm using my phone to record video or something, that mm-hmm. if I turn into airplane mode, nothing is coming through. You know, so I don't have to worry about anything being interrupted at all. So you know, if you if you need to isolate your your phone or your iPad for that matter, turn on airplane mode, and now you you know you won't get anything at all. So. That's, there you go. That's not exactly the what it's intended for, but it it definitely serves the purpose. Um, okay. Another thing: tap and hold on stuff on your phone. Yes. Um, Love because that menu. you'll often find stuff like what one of the things I discovered a long time ago was uh, in uh, Control Center when you tap on uh, Wi-Fi, at, like tap and hold on the the Wi-Fi icon you get a list of all the Wi-Fi networks around you. So you don't have to go into settings Wi-Fi to see all of your uh, Wi-Fi networks. Yep. Sorry about that. that. In the, uh, that's in control center. You tap the Wi-Fi mode and it'll show you. um, Yeah. So tap and hold. If you just tap, it toggles Wi-Fi on or off. Right. Tap and hold it. Yep. That's a, uh, definitely good uh, a good tip. So, all right. Well, yeah. I think it's time for us to bring this show to a close for this week. Thank you, gentlemen. Let's uh, go ahead and wrap things up. Uh, that's a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address at feedback at intouchwithios.com. You can follow us on Twitter at intouchwithios. Support the show. Buy me a coffee at intouchwithios.com slash coffee. We would really appreciate it. You also can become a Patreon of the show on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash intouchwithios. We have a couple tiers there available for you to support the show. We'd really appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe uh, so you're notified to when we are live streaming, which is usually on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific time at youtube.com slash daveg65. You also can listen to past shows and watch these live streams that we're doing here as well. Visit uh, In Touch With iOS Magazine on Flipboard, where many of the topics that we've discussed are flipped into that magazine. Check that out. Uh, the link is, link is in the show notes. Uh, you can subscribe to the show in your favorite podcatcher, including Pocket Cast and Apple Podcasts and no longer Facebook and uh, <laughs> many others. But better yet, go to our website at InTouchWithIOS.com, where all the links to all the ways to listen to us are there. I am Dave Ginsburg, and you can find me on Twitter at DaveG65. And uh, Chuck Joyner, thank, as, thank you as always for being here as our, our guest. We really appreciate it. Glad you were able to make it. And tell everybody where they can find you. 
Hey, thank you, David. It's always fun. Uh, we never, we're on a lot of shows together, but we, it's never enough. Yeah, never. Um, never, never. Um, you can find me at macvoices.com. That's where I talk to a lot of interesting people about Apple technology and other related technologies. Um, this week, uh, I, this weekend into next week, I'm releasing the, the interviews I did at NAB. Um, so there's a lot of really interesting stuff there that you probably aren't going to find many other places. Some mm-hmm. of it is very much Apple related. Some of it is just, I'll, I'll call it Apple adjacent, but it's all very interesting. Um, you can do, find us doing Mac Voices Live with both Jeff and David Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time that is, wherever you are, on YouTube at youtube.com slash TV. We'd love to have you join us in the chat room, and that way you can throw comments back at us the way we throw them around at each other. <laughs> and finally, uh, on the uh, on, on the social networks, you can find me as at Chuck Joyner or as at Mac Voices. Thanks for having me, David. Appreciate it. Thank you. And yeah, great, great. Uh, so some great uh, interviews on NAB, uh, including with Lipson. And uh, you get to talk to Larry O'Connor again at OWC. Those were two notables uh, coming up top of my head here. But check it out. There's some great interviews. Uh, Jeff Gamet, thanks as always for being here. I always appreciate you being here. And uh, where can people find you? Well, thanks as always for having me back because this is a lot of fun. I do look forward to it. Um, all right. People can find me on Twitter and Instagram, jgamut, both places, youtube.com slash jgamut for some videos. And uh, Chuck, you mentioned uh, Mac Voices Live. So that's a fun way to spend Tuesday evenings. And then here we are on a Thursday evening in touch with iOS. Uh, Thursday afternoons is the big show. Friday mornings is the Mac show. And Brian Chaffin and I are doing the context machine. And I, uh, I'm awful. I haven't looked to see if, uh, if this week's show has gone live yet. Um, Brian and I share our first thoughts on one password eight. Oh, I have to go listen to that one. <laughs> Let's see if it's there. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Okay. Now you go listen to the last week's about the, the your rant about the, the Elon Musk and Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because I started off initially with the whole Elon thing, um, kind of thinking, well, you know, we need to wait and see, and let's look at this. And by the time we got to doing the show, I was like, you know what? Uh, sure, some good can come out of this, but wow, this is a dumpster fire waiting to happen. It sure is. Do you mean, well, what, do you mean this, this, this discussion with you and Brian or the Elon <laughs> thing itself? <laughs> oh, this is the, the Elon thing. Brian and oh. I, we, we had a, a good discussion. Oh, um, you did. Yeah. 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 I think there was one point where we we both just straight up disagreed and, uh, and then just we, we both stopped and then just moved on because we realized we were not going to find a common ground on whatever that thing was. Yeah. Yeah, well, Brian was but, off his meds, but yeah, it's funny. Yeah, that's that's right. what happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, go listen to Jeff on there and many others. And thanks again, Jeff. Really appreciate it. Um, and thank you for listening. We really appreciate uh, you being here, and it's much appreciated. And we'll talk again soon. Mm-hmm.